0: What's up there, Surf Splendor podcast listeners? This is your host, David Scales. Thank you for joining us for an all-new episode. Um, Considering that we were off track the last couple of weeks with our episode releases, we are getting back on track this week by offering you two new episodes. So we hope you enjoy. The last episode we dropped was with Ben Ipa talking about his Sting surfboard design. So if you haven't yet heard that, definitely go back and check that out. And then today, bringing you an episode of Surf News with Scott Bass. So that'll bring us up to speed, and then we'll try to stay on track starting next week. There's always um, travel that gets in the way and scheduling conflicts between Scott and I living an hour and a half away from one another. But at any rate, we'll always catch you up, even if we miss one or two. Um... If you're new to the show, though, really thank you. We're glad that you found us. Quick little order of business just in terms of getting episodes of Surf Splendor. You can find everything archived for free on surfsplendorpodcast.com. It's also available wherever you listen to podcasts, so iTunes, Stitcher, whatever your preferred uh, platform is or provider is, you can find us there most likely. And then if you listen in Any of those platforms, just make sure to rate and review the show, especially on iTunes, the way that they've structured it. It really helps grow the show, uh, the higher ratings that it has and the better reviews that it has and just helps other people to find it. So definitely do that. And then, of course, follow on social media. Just search at Surf Splendor. So thank you for listening. And uh, we hope you enjoyed today's show. I will sign us off at the end. Thanks.
1: Down
2: the line, talk radio. it is july 24th it's a tuesday here in southern california and we have sunshine and warm water and some fun south swell waves i'm your host of downline surf talk radio scott bass and along with my friend and co-host david lee scales we are with you now to talk surf on this late june day as we head into a lot going on in the world of surf including the jeffrey's bay event and um, And David and I haven't had a show in
0: at least two weeks. So David, welcome. Thanks, Scott. It's actually really good to be back. I feel bad that we've missed the last couple of weeks. We had um, not only scheduling conflicts, but then I was out of town for a week. And obviously, uh, as we've let people know, we live a good hour and a half away from one another. So we try to meet in the middle at kind of the 45 minute each mark. Um, which is usually at that Surfing Heritage and Culture Center in San Clemente. They've been generous with letting us use their space. But uh, we're trying to do it now via GoToMeeting, via the magic of the Internet. And uh, so I think that worked pretty well last time. We're going to try it again this time.
2: Yeah, we'll see how it works out. You know, um, I know that the audio quality is constantly a challenge for the last – Seven years that I've been doing the show, it's been a challenge, <laughs> the audio quality.
0: Yeah, we'll see what we can yeah, do. But... It's, what, it's what you get with uh, free content, I suppose, right?
2: Yeah, exactly right. Now, so, um, David, I don't know how you want to start off today's show. I've got a list of things I'd like to talk about, and if I could riff well, on that and let you let you go, and then you bring one of your topics in, and I'll riff on that as well.
0: Well, we can riff, but I think there's... Things That we need to catch up on from past podcasts, do you have any of that stuff? Emails and that sort of thing? No, I don't, but I'm, I'm I do have
2: one. There, gosh, I wish I could remember this girl's name. I had a girl paddle up to me the other day, I think she's a, might be a friend of yours, really, hmm. pr- real pretty girl, good surfer. And she paddled up and she goes, Are you Scott? And I go, Yeah, yeah, I'm Scott. And she goes, Oh, I listen to your podcast, I'm a big fan. And, uh, gosh, I apologize for that I can't remember her name, but um.
0: Mm-hmm. What, what did she look like? And did she mention my name? Yeah, then, she
2: did. She, I think she mentioned your name. And um, I think she lives up by you. And she was okay. surfing
0: at Cardiff.
2: She was a short boarder, um, pretty blonde-haired girl. Anyway, huh. it was really neat to have somebody paddle up and, and introduce themselves and say that they're fans of the show. And of course, That's I super cool. I you know went on to tell her how prepared you are and how unprepared I am. And I think if they could look at if the listeners right now could look at your hairdo and my hairdo, they'd know that we both look like we just rolled out of bed. So maybe <laughs> maybe neither of us are prepared. I don't know.
0: Welcome to the surf industry. But it was
2: neat that, you know, and I wanted to share that with you because I haven't spoken with you in a while, that, that there are listeners out there that we don't know about. And I would urge the listeners to send us emails and just just say, hey, I listen to the show. Because David and I really don't have a clue as to how many people are listening to the show. And I think that oh, – well. I have a clue, actually. I track those stats. Well, give us film. How many in.
0: downloads and all that? Well, is that proprietary information, there, but... or do you want to talk offline about that? We'll talk offline about it, but people are listening for sure. But to your point, the um, the feedback that we get via email and social media is not really representative of the number of people that are listening, and I'm certainly okay with that. I mean, I, I don't need like to get bombarded with emails or anything like that. But it is kind of nice to hear people chime in every once in a while. You know, it's reaffirming. Yeah, it was cool
2: that this that this girl paddled up and said, hey, um, but what other stuff do you have since the last time we spoke, which is probably three <laughs> weeks ago or more? Summer's been hectic. There's been a lot going on with my family and stuff, so I apologize for not being available.
0: Yeah, no worries. There's um, one thing that I just thought was somewhat important to discuss was I think two shows ago – You asked me what my thoughts were on climate change, and I'm pretty uninformed about it, Um, and so I just kind of shrugged it off and didn't really give you much of an opinion. Well, we got an email from a listener named Greg Newkirk, and he said, I love your show, but I have to admit I cringed a bit when you guys started talking about whether climate change uh, happening or not. Not only is climate change... Not only is the climate changing due to human activity, but climate change is the biggest threat surfers and the ocean face going forward. The ocean is being affected by climate change through rising ocean levels, ocean ocean acidification, and nutrient runoffs that lead to the ocean ecosystem for the worse. Even though humans are terrestrial, we count on marine algae to give us 70% of the oxygen we breathe every single day. Side note, I live in San Diego and have worked at Algae Biofuel Biology Labs. I have studied ecology and marine biology, so if you guys ever want to do a segment about marine biology or how climate change can affect surfers, count me in. This is a really important topic, and I think you guys could give great exposure to this problem that we are already facing. Thank you for the read, and good luck on the podcast. What was that gentleman's name?
2: Greg Newkirk. Greg. Well, thanks, Greg. That's great insight. And as David mentioned, you know, we're lay people when it comes to science and global, uh, you know, climate change and global global warming or whatever buzzwords there are. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt that climate is changing. I think it's constantly changing. I don't think it's ever static. I think that's kind of obvious. Um, is it changing more rapidly or at an exponential level? I don't know. I really don't know. it's and all signs all signs seem to point that way for sure you know
0: yeah but i like greg's point of just like it's a worthy topic of discussion and you and i are just riffing off the top of our heads but there are obviously people who study this stuff for a living and i think that would be a worthy podcast well i'll tell you what uh, here, here's the
2: thing when he when you said that greg would be interested in doing a show with us the problem with doing environmental shows is that they're extremely boring. And the the challenge is to make them, for lack of a better phrase, sexy to the listener. Because, you know, while there is a small segment of the listening population to this show that may be engaged and enthralled by it, there's a lot of people who are going to be like, oh my God, a science class? That's a little right, bit right. too much. So our challenge and Greg's challenge, if he was to come on the show, is to make it Palatable, digestible, um, understandable, without getting into too much like CO2 and too, you know, you know, yeah. l- like basically, you know, we would need a science primer just to just to get up to speed with the the, the vernacular that Greg would be coming at us with. So that's our challenge. As with any environmental sure. show, environmental shows are generally editorial hell. They just they're just, yeah. they're, just ho- they're hard to pull off.
1: Yeah. And, that's a good um, point.
2: So that's our challenge, you know, is how do we make it kind of like understandable, digestible, engaging, informative, and fun? And that's hard to do with environmental issues.
0: Well, I might try to unpack that. I don't know how much progress I'll make on it, but I'll start outlining an episode and see if I can put something together.
2: Well, I would urge Greg to put something together for us so that we could have him on as a guest. and, Mm And, you know, basically I'm... I'm Marsh. I'm asking Greg to to pull off what I just suggested. You know, right. You know, your duty is to pretend like you're teaching it to eighth graders with Down syndrome. You
0: know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um. So another side note, I think you oversaw my screen last time when we were doing this go to meaning thing. But uh, one thing that we didn't really get to discuss it, even if you saw it, was that during the boardroom show uh, that you hosted. There was also the Doheny Music Festival happening. And Greg Allman was one of the headliners of the festival. So you had to miss your main squeeze just because uh, you booked the boardroom that week.
2: That is blasphemy. Um, that's, it's, it's basically it's inexcusable. It's um, sad. Uh, I'm saddened by
0: it. and um, yeah. I, I, was, I was heartbroken for you when I saw that little ad- advertisement at the coffee shop. It's a bummer, dude. I'm disgusted. I'm, I'm
2: disgusted I am disgusted. And you're going to force me to play a little bit of a little like Greg Allman blues just to be, I don't know.
0: I would I would rather listen to a podcast on climate change. Okay. I wish we had a webcam uh, recording for this podcast so people could see the weird contorted faces you were making. right I now. know. Th- those are like orgasm faces. They're horrible. <laughs> oh, that made it even worse. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> so anyways, um, you blew it with that scheduling conflict. Here's like, a funny thing. Oh,
2: uh, one time, you know, you, you may or may not know, but I'm a big golf fan, too. And one time I scheduled the boardroom during the Masters up in Ventura. Mm-hmm. We had the boardroom up there when it was Sacred Craft. And. I didn't um, plan properly, and, and to plan to have the boardroom the same weekend as the Masters Golf Tournament is, is akin to missing Greg Allman at the Doheny Blues Festival.
0: Wow, so you didn't learn from your first mistake, you made it again.
2: No, I did. I'll never schedule it the Masters in the, in the boardroom, but uh, it's hard to know what Greg Allman's schedule is.
0: That's true you got to keep better... I would think, since you're a super fan, you would keep tabs on that guy. I know, you'd think I, he'd be on my Twitter or something? Instagram, yeah, exactly. It's all good, though. Um, so what do you got in terms of topics to keep well, off Well, this the kind show? of... Uh, what My
2: first topic sort of coincides with what Greg Newkirk uh, mentioned, and, that's, and it's an environmental story. And there's been new research, David, that suggests that the white shark population is on the rise. Um, off of both coasts of the United States, it's growing after what the researchers are calling years of decline. One report ventures that there are over two thousand great whites living off of California which is ten times the amount estimated by a recent Stanford University study and on the other side of the country on the East Coast there scientists have been able to conclude an an exact population size. I should say they have not been able to conclude an exact population size but estimation suggests that the sharks in the Atlantic are rebounding after a significant drop during the 70s and 80s because of commercial shark fishing and this upswing is likely the result of wildlife preservation efforts over the past two two decades and i would opine david that uh, 2000 great whites living off the california coast is probably on the low side i bet there's way more than 2000 great white sharks and the fact of the matter is is that this species has been on an endangered list since the 70s and, of course, scientists will be the first ones to tell you they have no clue in the world if, in fact, the great white sharks were even in danger because they're impossible to study. Right. They're the most difficult animal to study in in wildlife. They're just – scientists don't have a clue, so they randomly just throw up, oh, well, if you know, let's make them endangered since we don't know. We might as well think the worst and um, – I mean, this is the apex predator. There's no other predator out there that eats this animal other than perhaps other great white sharks and maybe an occasional orca. But um, I don't know what your thoughts are on the white shark population on the rise, according to a recent study. And again, to me, that's no, that does not surprise me at all.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't have thoughts positive or negative about that other than Will the result be more shark attacks, you know, this summer, basically?
2: Well, within the next decade, I mean, are we going to see shark attacks on swimmers, on kayakers, on boaters, on surfers uh, in the next, you know, let's from today moving forward 10 years, will we see a significant increase? And what is a significant increase? Is one attack significant? I would argue it is.
0: Yeah. I I mean, that's going to be something that's easier to measure. There's obviously... um, uh ecological effects that are going to take place when the the food the food supply the food chain gets adjusted like that and any of the portion of that food chain gets adjusted especially the apex predator if there's more of them things are going to shift but that'll be more kind of a butterfly effect where you don't really know the results of that probably until decades down the road. studying shark attacks would be something that we could see the direct result of in a short period of time. So there's probably a lot of implications of the change, but I'm not sure what they would be other than shark attacks, you know? All right, well, anyway, keep your toes out of the water. Did you see, this is not nearly as heady of a subject, but um, GC Stab Magazine just posted something in the last day or two about Freddie Pataccia's 10 regrets.
2: No, that sounds sounds chewable what, what, what's going on there?
0: alright we'll file this one under the heading of gossip hour for our show David um, Lee Scales gossip hour gossip hour be prepared um, uh, it's just I found it I found it to be just kind of funny or odd the Freddie P's 10 regrets just gave him an open mic to explain 10 things that he regrets number 2 on the list was wishing I had kids sooner he has a two-year-old and he has, he's married. He has a two-year-old and his wife is five months pregnant. And that's uh, endearing and I kind of liked that about him. But the very next point is number three, he regrets not having dated a stripper. <laughs> that's Step, kinda... <laughs> re- Regret number six, not having cheated on my gal. And regret number eight, regret not having hooked up with Kate Bosworth during the filming of Blue Crush. So <laughs> out of the 10 regrets, the second one that he kicks off with is, you know, very loving about his wife and kids wishing he had kids sooner. Cause it's the greatest experience of his life. And then three that follow that are not having dated a stripper, not having cheated on my gal and not having hooked up with Kate Bosworth. So what are your thoughts on Freddie P?
2: I love Freddie P. Uh, I'm disappointed that he, this was published. And I think that would be regret number 11 that, um, you're probably going to catch some flack from wifey poo about this this uh the honesty should be applauded but um perhaps the lack of discretion should be uh you know thumbs down i I'm, I'm i'm on the site right now and i'm reading some of the commentary and one guy said who has the uh the moniker of ASP judge he's logged in as ASP judge he says in summary, Freddie P regrets not banging more bitches. A brutally honest interview for a bloke with a pregnant wife and a two-year-old daughter. Still one of my favorite surfers, but I wrongly assumed he was more intellectual than this immature interview led on. I think that sums it up.
0: Yeah, and you wonder too. Like I, I could see that Freddie P might just be trying to be funny, you know, by putting some of this stuff up.
2: Yeah, I think you're right. I, I've actually interviewed Freddie a few times. He's a great interview and. And it is one of those things where the textual context of it takes away some of the sarcasm and Freddie mm-hmm. can be pretty sarcastic. He's got a great sense of humor and he's a smart guy too. So um, I don't know how well this is going to go over, but I think some of the sarcasm may maybe got stripped out of this.
0: Yeah. And I, I kind of bring it up just to kind of point our direction at a larger uh, thing that we're going to be facing, I think with the surf industry, which is, I talked about professionalism in one rant on our show and how our industry doesn't really have a lot of professionalism. And the direction of the new ASP is to attract more eyeballs and take it more mainstream. And as the business grows, you're going to have more money at stake, and your sponsors are going to be more concerned about you uh, saying things like this. You know, like if LeBron James says something, he has to immediately apologize for it. Otherwise, he'll lose his sponsorship like we've seen Tiger Woods do and uh, Lance Armstrong and whoever else. So I'm wondering if Stab just emailed Freddie P, give me your 10 regrets. And Freddie P's in between flying from, you know, Fiji to Jay Bay. It's in the middle of the night. He's got jet lag, maybe had a couple beers. And that's when he chooses to reply to their email. And within a couple hours, they have it posted on his site. He wakes up and reads it and goes, crap. I probably should have edited this before I sent it back to them. You know, I have a feeling that might be kind of what it was, but again, just the way that things are going, we're going to need either a handler involved in the situation or an editor or have your wife proofread before you send stuff out for publication. You know, I think that's kind of the, the in-between moment that we're at right now.
2: Well, the thing is with the whole concept of professionalism and athletes and pro athletes and the new ASP and having handlers, and I think you're right. And also, to add to your um, your thoughts on, you know, when Freddie P actually responded to this, you know, you're right, he could have had some eat, um, a couple beers and hungover or jet lag or whatever. And also, he was going, oh, it's from Stab, the audience is Australian, I'm going to kind of speak to the australian audience so to speak yeah and um not realizing guess what we're in an international world digitally you know and it doesn't matter if it's stab or surfer the whole world reads it and so you can't really play to one um you know like geographic audience anymore like you used to be able to do but i'm yeah. i'm sort of i i think it'll be a sad day when we have handlers muting the athletes muting the pro surfers Not letting them go on their, um, you know, Bobby. Not letting them have their Bobby Martinez moment, so to speak. I mean, that stuff from, especially from our point of view, David, as hosts of a talk radio show, um, that stuff's gold, you know. And so, I I like the idea that Freddie P. I I just don't like the idea of handlers. I don't like the idea of of having a PR firm sort of, you know, massage away any of the fun, you know. And um,
0: that's sort of my take on it. I agree completely. I'm not advocating for handlers. I'm just kind of, I don't know, noticing that I think that's the direction it's going and that this is the in-between moment where we still get to enjoy some of it, you know? Some of the good old days, probably. Yeah. And I've pointed out examples in the past of John John having handlers and having photos be deleted from the internet, and Kaloe certainly lives in that same kind of bubble as well. So... Yeah, it kind of uh, yeah, it, but I, it kind of sucks, doesn't it? It does, but I got the feeling reading this thing from Freddie P that like it was a rough draft or a, a first draft, anyways that he wrote these, and the first one not having dated a stripper in his explanation of it, it's kind of like, all right, you probably shouldn't have said that, but your explanation kind of makes it funny and kind of validates that impulse that everybody has probably to, you know. I don't know, reflect back on your life and wish that you'd gotten away with more than you did or whatever. But by the time he gets to number six and says, not cheating on my gal, and then number eight, it becomes like, all right, there's, a, dude, there's so a theme here, right? There's a theme here. And it. I feel like you're, uh, I don't know, letting out your true feelings. It's not as if this theme was just an impulse. It's like, okay, this is a dominating feeling that you're trying to keep under surface on a day-to-day basis, you know? thing is his he's wife's struggling. pregnant
2: he's probably not getting any you know how it is when your wife's pregnant she's, he's not, on the road. she's not exactly looking like a stripper right now and, and freddie p I had know. a few beers on the flight home somewhere
0: <laughs> and he let lie. And, and, and that's the other thing about freddie p is he generally speaks his mind i remember there's been a couple of post-heat interviews where he's said exactly how he feels about the judging or whatever so, um, I do like that about Freddie P, you know, and, and that being said, maybe he felt good putting this out there and didn't feel that it needed to be edited. But anyways, interesting to comment on and, and to wake up and read all those comments on stabs website. So we'll have a link to that. I'll have a link to that on surf dot com, And I know Scott will have it on down too. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Freddie P. And by the way, I enjoyed, I think Freddie P's in pretty stellar form. He looked great in Fiji and I've seen some stuff on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter where he seems to be in that, you know, twilight of his career. Oh, you know, with that sort of, oh crap, I better get serious thing. And he's got trainers going and he's working out
0: and I thought he looked great. He looks great. Number nine on that list of regrets was not having started his current diet earlier and he explains that just how important diet has become to him and uh, that he's in his peak physical condition. And I think his boards too. I know he's getting a lot of Eric Arakawa's and, um, and uh, Chris Gallagher's and those look really, really crisp too. So I think he's in a good spot. I met Freddie when um, he was
2: like 16 years old and he was surfing in the NSSA event at Lowers and this was probably 1995 or something like that. He's just a great kid, and his parents are really cool. His dad's a really good guy. I've never met his mom, but um, he's got—he's he, a really cool guy. Like he might be one of my yeah. favorite
0: guys on tour. He's just such a cool guy. That's cool. Well, good on Freddie P. Keep your head up, dude, and uh, don't let this ten regrets thing eat away at you too much. But um, another note, just for Gossip Hour, I saw Kelly Slater some stuff from Fiji in the previous comp. Um, where he's walking around in Pumas and he was wearing a Volcom wetsuit as well, which is neither here nor there other than I've never seen him in anything other than Quicksilver gear. So that's kind of funny to see him strolling in Pumas, you know?
2: Yeah. And you know, he's really good friends with, um, Richard Wolcott, you know?
0: Yeah. And that, and the company that he's linked up with now is responsible for both Puma and Volcom. So that's probably where that connection comes from too. I would agree with that. But but really kind of funny, yeah um, what's next? I have um a mega swell
2: that's about to hit Indonesia, and th- quite frankly um the Indian Ocean has had an incredible run of surf, and um, it's be- it's 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 uh ramping up to be one of these all time seasons, an epic season in the Indian ocean and there's been some footage I'm sure you saw of Ricardo dos Santos at Kandui Lefts. Um, just like maybe a week ago, and um, the forecast for Bali, you know, starting tomorrow is is 6 to 8 feet, then 10 to 12 feet, then 3 or 4 days of, you know, 10 to 12 with 15-foot sets, and there's a massive purple blob in the Indian Ocean, and and um, I think you're going to see a lot of images, and a lot of video coming out of um, Bali, coming out of uh, the Mentawai's, uh Sumatra, um what's that perfect left down there, that desert point, all of those spots. Yeah. I think we're going to see a lot of action and we already have seen some action. And, um, I just saw a thing on Facebook that there's a couple of, uh, an injury has forced a couple of spots to open up on the Kandui resort. So if there's any listeners out there that have the ability to jump on a quick trip, there's two spots open, which is rare, you know, to get that. Um, and I think it's, it's that trip starts July 8th. So, um, If I was younger and didn't have the responsibilities I have now, that's something I would jump on in a heartbeat. Um, Yeah, But that's my next thing on there, uh, David, is this purple blob, the second one. This is the biggest one of the season. And um, basically every spot is going to light up like crazy. um, Again, from
0: Bali all the way up to, you know, uh, the Andamans. As perfect as those waves are going to look on the footage we see from surfers actually, right, from pro surfers surfing them, uh, listeners or people considering going there should realize how difficult waves like that are to surf. And uh, you go out there and have a blast if it's head high, but if it's pumping 8 to 10 feet, especially a place like Desert Point, it would be really, really difficult to, uh, to surf. You know, it looks perfect, but it's so fast and so powerful. That um, the pros make it look easy, but to guys like you and I, I'm looking for the head-high days, not the double-overhead days out there. I have a friend, actually, who's at Desert Point right now, so he's been posting a couple of photos on social media. So, um, Did you see Kelly Slater and Bobby Martinez, though, in Fiji this past week? I I saw the footage, but I don't think I clicked on it. I think I just scanned through it. So Slater's been there ever since the event ended, which was a week or two ago, uh, two weeks ago, and then Bobby flew out, and there was this swell um, forecasted, and Kelly was saying because Indonesia's basically pumping on the same swell, a lot of pros have gone off to Indo, he stayed in Fiji and surfed perfect cloud break with just a handful of guys, and then of course Bobby Martinez showed up too, so that's kind of who a lot of the images are um, showing is him and Kelly. But uh, they got perfect cloud break, basically. He said it's, Kelly said it's the best cloud break he's seen in years. So. And what is
2: Bobby Martinez doing? Is he still a pro surfer, or does he have a job, or what's the what's the deal? Um,
0: so Bobby, I don't know, to be honest, other than he has a Monster Energy Drink sticker on his board, which he's had for years. And years ago, um, when he first got let go, I think by O'Neill he had monster at that time and i heard that he was getting paid uh kind of like middle six figures by monster energy drink alone so that was enough for him to you know live on and travel the world on um yeah but is there any return on investment for monster energy drink uh i would think so yeah i mean bobby's Bobby's a big name, and he's a high-profile guy. And what do you mean he's yeah, high-profile? When
2: was the last time you saw anything that
0: had to do with Bobby Martinez other than this thing that you mentioned here? A couple. You're right, but a couple of weeks prior to that, uh, Channel Islands, Dane Reynolds' film or Minnie Blanchard put out an edit for Channel Islands of Bobby Martinez testing some new boards around um, Ventura, and it was like six minutes long, and it was amazing. You know, and it, the thing is. You don't see it very frequently, but it's high impact when you do see it. So I think there's a return on investment. Um, I don't know more than more than they get out of I don't know half the kids that are sponsored around the world. You know? Yeah.
2: I'm looking at the photos of of it right now. It looks like great, great cloud break. Remember, the other thing there's one photo of Bobby with the with the Monster Energy drink uh, logo. That's that's visible. That I would suggest is some side of some some type of um, eyeballs that you know, some some type yeah. of return on investment for Monster.
0: Yeah, and the other thing is that um, I know he started a clothing company a while ago called Seasick, and I didn't see those stickers on his board, so I don't know if that's gone by the wayside or what. But since we're talking about it,
2: um, yeah. But I, my wife needs me to put on this bracelet. Do you have something? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I do have something. Um, why not just talk about Fiji, actually? Because we never we planned on doing a recap show, but then I was out of town for that week that that event ended, and we never got a chance to even discuss it. Um, but it's kind of old Fiji. news, so
2: I wouldn't want to spend too much time on it because I think it's everything that... Let's
0: just keep it okay. short and sweet. Let's keep it short and sweet. I got a couple questions for you. Gabe Medina won the event, and honestly... I mean, he's looking prime to win a world title, in my mind. If not this year, next year. And here's the difference I see with Gabe Medina, is that you watch, uh, I don't know, any other surfer on tour, not any other, but the the bottom 20 guys, I feel like they're going into a heat thinking to themselves, I got to win this heat. How do I get through this heat? And they take it heat by heat. I think Gabe Medina is looking at, How do I win 10 world titles? And his eye is on a prize that's 10 years from now on being where Kelly Slater is. And so this heat to Gabe Medina is, it's consequential, but it's already won in his mind. He's already beat these guys. He's already looking way past it. And he's just going to smoke them, you know? And so I feel like other guys go in there and they're trying to just like do little things to win. He's just going to blow everybody away. His confidence just, he looks that confident. Um, Nate Nat Young made the final with him. Nat Young, to me, is looking more and more boring each time I see him surf. I think he's probably surfing better now than he has in the past, and he is improving, but because his style is predictable, it feels, I don't know, it feels less exciting to me, you know? I don't know, what are your thoughts on that? Well,
2: first of all, I would agree with you that Gabe Medina has got a lot of confidence, and it shows, and it kind of reeks, and it kind of pours out of him, and I think it it scares a lot of the other competitors. They know when you draw Gabe Medina, it's like drawing Kelly or Mick Fanning. I mean, it's a it's a tough deal, and I would agree that he doesn't
0: really make mistakes, you know?
2: Yeah, and he and he surfs, and yeah. It's just incredible. He's he's going to be a world champion. There's no doubt in my mind. Yeah. But um I don't know if I agree with you regarding Nat Young. I I I really enjoyed watching him surf in that event. Um I thought that final was going to be a great final. Unfortunately, it was sort of lackluster. Yeah. But his surfing looked incredible
0: and um you know, he's 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 on the upward swing, Nat Young. I I have a hard time criticizing Nat Young's surfing because it's technically very sound. My only criticism is more of a personal interpretation of it, and that is just that. It's a little robotic. It's robotic. It's a little twitchy if I had to criticize. it's a little bit twitchy, but um, but it's just it's not exciting to me, I guess, is what it is. you know. I feel like I learned what he could do last year and it really impressed me. and now this year, it's kind of more of the same whereas Gabriel Medina continually evolves, you know, he went from being the air guy to then now we have seen him surf incredibly well in hollow waves and now he's incorporating carves and rhythm and connecting the dots and stuff. So
2: and and he know. you know, he wanted he wanted an event on his backside in really big San Francisco beach break and he's he looked incredible at Pipeline, so yeah. What'll be really fun is to see him at J Bay coming up here and see how he performs there. And I'm sure he'll blow minds.
0: I don't. Yeah. And I would um, expect him not to, other than the fact that I just praised him. I would, and all those things that I said are true. That would be an event where I would expect him to not do well.
2: If there is going to be one, I think this is the one where he would not do well, but I, I I don't see any flaws in his game and I'm sure he's going to show up there and go, Oh wow. Perfect. Four to six foot running rights. And just, you're going to see him go to town. Uh, He just has, he looks too confident, and, um, you know, there might be one or two little glitches here or there, but I bet he does well because of the confidence factor, I think, is through the roof for him right now. We'll see. It's going to be fun, you know. What's going to happen there, that sort of speaks to what you're saying is that, look, J-Bay is one of those waves where the veterans stand out. And so Mm
0: -hmm.
2: you're going to see, you know, come quarterfinals time, you're going to see the likes of, slater and adriano and parko and mick fanning and these guys that have surfed this wave over and over and over and over again of course jordy smith that's one
0: of his home spots so um i i think that's the key the key thing at J bay is experience surfing that wave it's a wave that's difficult to surf and um and so i don't know that I, i've never seen gabriel medina out there and he since he's been on tour i don't think they've had a stop there so maybe he did it in the qs events a couple years ago but um yeah i agree with you i would think it's the guys who have results out there that will continue to do well this year but we'll see um my story number
2: three is sort of an interesting one you don't know about this but i'm announcing our indo trip together david lee scales and scott bass on the down the line surf talk um, boat trip and you as listeners can join david and i on a on a 10 or 11 day boat trip to indonesia um and i'll have more information regarding this later as (laughs) is your wife did your wife leave the room before you pitched this (laughs) she's right she's right there she's going what the hell No, but i thought it would be neat you know how you hear a lot of times like radio personalities have like these cruises you know they're like come spend you know come spend you know four days on the mexican riviera with rachel maddow or whatever you know
0: when you're hiring for a small business you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role and there's no faster or effective way than through linkedin jobs totally free that's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free terms and conditions apply i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here is in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment
1: that is a harsh lesson in business.
2: Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, my, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I
1: didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so
2: many more doors. The show
1: is called The, the deal. deal. Listen
0: to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yeah, because see, because somebody's underwriting it though. Who's who's underwriting this? That's what this, we got to
2: work on. That's what we got to work on. The David Lee oh, Scott, Scott
0: Bass. It's the down the line Surf
2: Talk Radio um, into to i boat trip cruise and um okay you get to spend I, time excited. with david and scott and surf with them
0: and um it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity so um <laughs> i'm excited about the potential of the idea and i like that sentence of us going but is there any background or have you done any no. other research or no. any no. other thing no i, I haven't
2: it's it's just an idea. It's just an idea that I announced just now, and I I sort of ambushed you with it.
0: All right. I like it, Scott. You are an ambitious fella. Um, do you have a date picked out? Yeah, it would be like late May. Late May. Okay, so we got a bit of time to plan it, about a year?
2: Yeah. All right. Yeah, well, I'll have to right. hunt down a boat,
0: a boat driver and a boat and get some pricing on it, and away we go. All right, well, considering it's your idea, I'm going to leave the heavy lifting to you, but I'll jump on board once you get the details pinned down. All right. I do need acknowledgement from you on one particular situation, Scott. Uh-oh. Did you hear about this Australian surfer named Matt Banning who just won the Los Cabos Open? <laughs> yeah, I heard about him.
2: Some some guy who does a radio show mentioned him look matt banning congratulations he surfs great i tried to watch some of the they didn't have heat analyzer um it was a little bit disappointing um you know the los cabos open what was it like a four star or something six six star which is about what a four star was last year anyway i mean congratulations but you know when you beat slater at cloud break then you know i'll give you some kudos but look there's a million matt bannings in the world there's Wrong. a ton of 20 there's a ton of 22 year old guys that rip that could go down the so cloud. i'm not going to
0: get my acknowledgement then
2: well I, I acknowledge that he's one of the many 22 year old guys that can rip and win a qs there's there probably
0: are literally a hundred guys no there are not if a year ago i would have said to you Look out for Thomas Woods or Garrett Parks or any of these other guys, then yes, you could say that to me. But I didn't say that. I picked two guys. I said Matt Banning and Carlos Munoz. And I'm telling you, those two guys are qualifying for the tour in the next year or two. I apologize. You deserve it. You are correct. I give you
2: all kudos and acknowledgement for for your research into these fine QS surfers who someday may make a mark on the world tour
0: will in short order make a mark and on the, the way what does short world,
2: order mean that's like french fries what do you, what do you mean short in a,
0: in a year in a year or two like they're gonna be
2: so years. From, two years from today if matt banning hasn't won a world tour event okay then, then what
0: let's place a bet right here now listeners can hold us accountable you already owe me from slater winning the world title last year so <laughs> oh um God. All I'm saying is he's a step above all the other dudes. Um, And so I'm a huge fan of his, and he's going to continue to do well. So I'll need acknowledgement, though, at some point, since you're not willing to give it free and clear right now. I'll give you acknowledgement that he won a QS event.
2: I mean, Uh, he's a great surfer. You've done well by picking him to win a QS event. You've done well by announcing he and Carlos are up and coming and be on the lookout. And certainly they've made strides towards – um, you know what you're
0: suggesting. I got another thing for you. Did you see Eddie Rothman's comments about the Pipe Masters being reduced to two wild cards? No, no, no. What what did what happened there? Can I play the video for you? Sure.
1: The ocean. You do as much as possible in Mother Nature to keep it clean. You don't go around poisoning and polluting the place. And the surfing, you know, where's all the local people used to live on the beach and in Sunset Beach? And, and on this whole Miracle Mile, all the white people came and took it. And they're not happy with that, they want the water too. Mm, good luck, you know, it's not going to be given up easy. As far as the surfing out here, the way it works, hey, we're holding on to it, we're not letting go. They wanted to cut us down to two people from Hawaii and the bite Masters. Hey, they cut us down to eight. You know what, now that you fucking threw this stone, you threw a fucking punch. You don't wanna fight now? Fuck you. It's 16. Oh, you're not gone for that? Tough shit. Who are you impose your will over here? No Hawaiian riders. No one Hawaiian blooded rider. There's not one Hawaiian blooded rider in the SP anymore. This, the way they structure it is just how it is. You know what if I said anything to offend anybody? Good. Fuck you.
0: Wow. My question. Yeah, my question to where you is where was that is,
2: on was that on Stab or where did you see this?
0: Dude, I found it buried somewhere, but it was just released like 2 weeks ago. We'll have links to it on our websites surfsplendorpodcast.com and um, downline radio.com. But basically, my question to you is the tactic sounds absurd and it just sounds like some bully being pissed off and throwing a, a tantrum. But my question to you is, is that tactic still relevant on modern day North Shore?
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, um, look, those um, those elements on the North Shore have a major say in what goes down. And they always will until, you know, something happens to them or, or they, you know, Look, well, that's Eddie, Roth- Eddie Rothman. Eddie Rothman is is a major player over there, and he uses um, uh, intimidation to um, to you know he's trying to look. He's trying to he's looking out for the Hawaiian surfers, you know. And you you got to give him credit for having the passion and um, and not you know not allowing you know what he feels is is you know a just disju- an injustice. So you know and. Yeah, him throwing his fist into his hand. I mean, that's that's sort of, that's sort of you know part of the part of his strategy. You know, is to kind of put some fear in people, and he's certainly done that. And um, and and he and he backs it up too. So I mean, we all know that. Look, there's there's guys that got slapped around by Eddie, and there will be guys that get slapped around by Eddie. It's just kind of like part of the deal, and. Um, I think if you make decisions on North shore surfing without including Eddie, he's going to be disappointed and it's like, he feels disrespected and, and he's been a big part of that community for 30 or 40 years. And you better, um, you know, you, you've got to deal with, with the North shore community if you're going to have a North shore event. And
0: oh, I think, okay. that's, I think that's what he's saying okay, I think that's very. all that stuff is very true and that's always been true in the past, but you're talking about Eddie's going to be this way until things change or until something happens. My question is, aren't things changing and aren't things happening? And the fact that the ASP reduced it to two, what is Eddie really going to do about that? You know what I mean? Like, they did it and he's saying that they're going to have problems this winter when they come over, but what's he really going to do? And is if he does something physical is he going to be reprimanded for it and if he whether he is or whether he isn't you know is the ASP going to then next year have 16 wild cards or are they just going to say look we're going to take our beating and uh and then do the same thing next year and there's nothing you can do about it you know
2: yeah I don't know we'll have to wait and see you know it's it's interesting, you know, Graham Stapleberg, one of the former Billabong, mar- the marketing director there, is now the marketing director with the ASP. Graham right. Stapleberg is um, is one of the guys that got, um, you know, slapped around by Eddie a couple of years ago, um, after the right. Surfer Pole Awards. And um, how it all plays out, it's going to be interesting, you know? Um, and you bring up some good points, you know, like, the ASP could just take their beatings and just and and hold their line or they could cave in and we'll go back to where we were before which is um you know 16 wild cards or whatever I thought that I guess the play the ASP made was hey we're gonna give them a bunch of money anyway but we're just gonna you know but we're gonna have we're gonna have a Trials and there's going to be a hundred thousand dollars in prize money for the trialists, and of those trialists, take two. So I think the ASP was feeling, look, we're going to appease the North Shore surfing community by giving them a lot of money for the trials, and that way we won't have this problem. And apparently, that's not what the North Shore community wanted to hear. They they want more than that. I think they want the money and sixteen guys in the in the event or something like that. I don't know.
0: Yeah interesting and i'm also wondering just as eddie gets older you know are there new alpha males coming up and if oh, there's, there's always there's always alpha
2: males there's no lack of alpha males unfortunately um yeah but again you know alpha males are also you know that they're they serve a purpose you know like there's always going to be yeah, one and um you know it it, I, it is what it is you know it's 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 sort of a sphere um, that I don't really like to dwell in. I think it's kind of it's there's so much negativity and um, and uh, it's just not uh, an area where I feel like there's any spiritual growth for for anybody. You know, like there. It's well, just of it's course. Just,
0: uh, the, I mean, you and I, you and I don't live that way, obviously, and so that's an indicator that you don't feel that way. But I would. My original question about like, is this tactic relevant on the North Shore in modern day?
2: It is. It is. It obviously is because it's been playing out like that for 40 years and it and and apparently it's going to continue to play out. And I mean, what's that? That's that's,
0: not an argument for it's going to continue to play out. That's an argument for it's been there in the past. I I
2: I don't see any I don't see any evidence that suggests it's going to change. All I see is evidence that it's going to continue.
0: Hey, the fact that you haven't even seen this Eddie Rothman video and it's been on the internet for two weeks would make me think that he is has less power now or influence than before.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think how much it's been seen on the internet is relevant to what happens in October when people start to show up and, um, you know, the shit hits the fan, so to speak.
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe I don't know if the reality is part of his, um, I don't know, mystique has grown because Chas Smith wrote a book about it, and then we all talk about uh, Graham Stapleberg being beaten up by Eddie. That grows his, you know, his uh, persona. If nobody's talking about it, nobody's caring about it. Nobody's watching this video of him. He can beat somebody up, but if it takes place in the corner of the North shore that nobody cares or nobody saw and nobody talks about, then did it really happen? You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Right. That's,
0: That's kind of what I'm it. wondering.
2: Well, I guess we'll know if it really happened or not by the way the ASP responds to that beating. If, if they care, yeah. what and, that,
0: what that beating even is, you know, like the decision makers do they even show up at the Billabong at the Pipe Masters event this year? Maybe not. Maybe they just stay in Santa Monica at the headquarters and watch it online. And who's Eddie going to beat up at that point? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know. Interesting though. Uh, do you it's know always interesting is? on the
2: North Shore, isn't it? There's always there's always a lot of drama, a lot of ego, a lot of. Uh, It's, it's sort of, it's a crazy place, you know, it's, it's a young man's game. I'll tell you that it's, it's, um,
0: do you know anybody, do you know anybody associated with Eddie or have any kind of close connections over there? No, I don't. I've spoken with Eddie before on the phone and he's, he's a
2: really pretty cool guy. I mean, I know he has a bunch of, um, negative stuff attached to him that, you know, for better, for worse, he probably brought upon himself, but, um. Yeah, my dealings directly with Eddie were always pretty. It was, you know, it's pretty. He's like he's, you know, he's pretty straightforward. It's like, look, you know, I right. scratch your back, you scratch my back, type of thing, you know. And if you don't scratch my back, then shit's gonna hit the fan, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we talk about things on here, and um, you just wonder who's listening or who it gets around to. But last time. I don't know if it was last episode we did or two episodes ago or something, but we were talking about Mason Ho and his wave of the winter thing. You know how he just explained the perfect wave that he would get at pipeline. Yeah. Well, um, I, at the boardroom show, I saw obviously lost surfboards, had a booth there. And the guy who is responsible for all the video production, Joe Alani came up to me. He's like, Hey dude, I heard you talking about Mason on the show. And I was like, "Oh crap! Did I say anything disparaging about Mason?" You know, and I know Joe Alani, and, um, and I've spent a little bit of time with Mason through Joe and and otherwise. But it was like, crap! I was r- racking my brain to remember if I said anything disparaging or not. And then Joe was like, "Yeah, we were at the office and we saw your guy's show come up, and that Mason's name was mentioned. So we all listened to it together with Mason there. Mason was in town, so May- Mason listened to it also." And turns out we didn't say anything bad and they thought it was funny and they enjoyed the show, but it was like, made me think twice about who we're talking about and what we're saying about those people, you know? Yeah. We don't get paid to get beat up. (laughs) No, exactly. But it's like, I want to be able to just speak freely and, and put that out of my mind that maybe Mason will be listening while we're talking about him. But, um, it's kind of hard to put it out of your mind, you know?
2: Yeah. You know? It is what it is. I don't think we're saying anything and anybody doesn't already know, you know, it's not like, sure. and, and again, there's two sides to every story, you know, especially with Eddie, you know, like from his perspective, he's just looking out for the guys on the North shore that deserve, in his opinion, deserve to, to surf in the event. Um, that's their hometown, you know, um, and he's just looking out for his people and that's, yeah. that's understandable. And the ASP is just looking out for their people, you know, and everyone's and that's where, you know, we have a little bit of a conflict and hopefully it'll be resolved peacefully. And I think that, um, you know, for the sake of for the sake of world peace, I think it should, you know, like Mother Teresa has a saying, you know, if you believe in world peace, hug your neighbor. Mm -hmm. In other words, it starts at home, you know, and it starts with these little conflicts that really can be resolved if we just kind of. Put our egos aside and and realize that, you know, we can negotiate. We can mediate.
0: Right. Right. Totally.
2: I sort of have El Nino on the brain, which sort of speaks to Greg Newkirk's thing a little bit. But obviously, this has been a spectacular summer so far, and it's only June 24th. Usually, this time of year, we're still hoping for the gloom to burn off, and we can't wait till August when maybe we'll get some sunshine. But it's been gorgeous. Now uh, the water down here is super warm, David. I don't know what it's like in Huntington Beach, but it's got to be 70 degrees. It's super yeah, clear. Yeah. They're catching all sorts of incredible fish, probably catching dorados and mahimahis just off the coast of San Diego here. There's yellowtail, yellowfin, bluefin, all sorts of warm water fish that are moving up up here with the warm water. We've, of course, had a very early hurricane season. I think we're on uh, the letter D already. We've had Christina. We've had a couple of other powerful hurricanes um, down you know, off of Mexico, early season action. And I believe that this summer and this winter, uh, again, I'm no El Nino expert, but I think that for, as far as surf production, I think we're going to have a really good late summer and a really good winter coming up here. And I'm hearing rumors that we're going to have a real rainy winter as well, which I look forward to.
0: Sweet. Yeah, I love winter, dude. I mean, like in the summertime, I always crave the winter when it's less crowded and the that type of swell direction. But then when winter rolls around, of course, I crave summertime and the warm water and all that. So, But as long as there's waves in both seasons, I am psyched. And I mean, with the...
2: You know, with the early season warm spells, we've had Santa Ana's. We've had crazy Southern California fires, which is off season for us. It feels like summer's already been three months long, and we're not even into July. And so we're going to have one of these long Indian summers where it's just baking hot into October. And then, again, I expect um, big things, you know, from... September all the way through April of next year. And again, it's all hearsay. I don't base it on anything other than my gut, my gut
0: feeling. Yeah, cool. Well, we will hold you accountable to that. If you're wrong, we'll blame you. If you're right, we'll just like quietly give you a pat on the back. Um, so I'm going to introduce a somewhat new segment right now. I don't know how consistent this one will be, but I'm calling it Webland. Webland.
2: So that, we need a drop web- for Webland.
0: I don't always feel a need to do Webland, but maybe it's just because we haven't talked in two weeks. But I feel like there's been a lot of great quality surf video content that has hit the internet in the last couple of weeks. Have you seen any of it, or is there anything that you've particularly enjoyed? Yeah, there is. You know, um,
2: trying to remember i guess the stuff from can do he laughed that i saw was pretty mind-blowing um the ricardo see... San... the ricardo dos santos wave of the day yeah did you see that on Surfline?
0: yeah, yeah i did. did
2: that was pretty incredible um
0: did and you then see there's been surf... a lot of like
2: ship stuff there's been some crazy stuff at ship yeah, yeah it's been it's been good what have you been seeing
0: i got about five that i'm gonna rattle off to you um Surfline's Wave of the Winter complete video. It's a 30-minute short movie they made. Did you watch it? Yeah, that's always good.
2: Last year's was really good. Those guys do a great job. I want to see that because it's, it's got hilarious. good audio. It always has really good audio too.
0: Well, they um, you would think it'd be a compilation of just waves that we've already seen in the competition for the Wave of the Winter. but what And it is some of that, but there's they did fresh interviews with – a lot of the contestants and the winners, but then also the judges, which were Jerry Lopez, Ross Williams, and, um, I forget who the other judge was, but they do interviews with all those guys, and then they break it down month by month. So they start with November, and they show a bunch of footage from November, and each of the guys talks about November, and what that was like. Um, and then they do, you know, December, January, and, they pick a winner, obviously, for each month. They already have done that. But then at the end of the season, they pick an ultimate winner who gets, I think, $25,000 cash prize for being the best surfer, the performer of the winter, basically. And that was Kelly Slater. Um, he got the Wave of the Winter, and then he also got the Performer of the Winter Award, which, you know, even Ross Williams was saying, like, look, we, don't, we, didn't, we didn't want to choose Kelly. We want to spread the love around. Kelly wins everything all the time. He doesn't need another twenty-five thousand bucks, but his performance is so undeniable that you have to give this guy the performance of the winter. You know, and so then they of I course. Agree. I
2: agree with you, and I'm I'm totally stoked. I mean, he he, you know, we we are always at a loss for words when it comes to Kelly. He's just he's above and beyond anything. It's just mind blowing. But this yeah. 40, 41 year old, or 40 or 41, is he? Yeah, I think he like might that. be 41, but let's say he's 40. I don't know. This guy's incredible. He, he, because he's so far ahead of everybody else that is 21, yeah. you know, it, it's yeah. pretty mind blowing.
0: Yeah, it really is. And so they interview Kelly, and of course, you get his audio in there too. And, um, just the whole the production value of this piece is really amazing. It's 30 minutes. It's really well worth watching. so definitely check that out. Um, Reef just released a new movie that's also 30 minutes long called The Passage. And that that's excellent and just uh, it's eye candy basically. So watch that. Gabriel Medina two days, actually I think yesterday just dropped an edit. It's called One Session. It's two and a half minutes long. It's exclusively on stabmag.com, and it's actually from Hawaii in the winter, so it's a few months old, but it's all brand new footage we haven't seen before. It's just him, a three-hour session, surfing some random spot on the North Shore, doing, getting barreled frontside and back, doing massive airs, doing massive turns both frontside and back, and it really asserts his dominance as just one of the best surfers in the world right now, if not the best. So that edit just hit. Um, Encyclopedia of Surfing released an edit called Wipeout Porn. Did you see that? Wipeout Porn? Yeah. Check that out. Um, I I found something that was actually posted last year on YouTube but it's Tom Curran at J-Bay. Some of the footage from surfing uh, searching for Tom Curran. But Sonny Miller is narrating the piece. And it's just two or three minutes long but Sonny just talking about that time when they filmed that movie. and That, was, a very, that
2: was the very first wave Tom Kern ever surfed at Jay Bay it was that wave.
0: Yeah, and Sonny talks about that.
2: Yeah, it's really incredible.
0: So that little piece was amazing. I'll post that. Um, Jay Davies, I've told you about being one of my favorite surfers. He's from West Oz. He has an edit up on Stab Magazine as well that's just incredible. Two and a half minutes. I think there's only 11 waves surfed in the thing. But I don't know. I've lamented in the past about I feel like surf videos are just getting monotonous and boring and kind of homogenized and it all looks the same to me. I just feel like in the last two weeks there's been some really fresh content that's exciting and radical that's psyched me up again. Cool. So the medium, the the medium is back. I feel. All
2: right. So I got something for you here. Um, Surfcraft, which is a um, installation and an exhibition at the Menge Museum that Richard Kenvin curated. That's in Balboa Park. That started last week. It runs through January here in San Diego, Balboa Park's, um, San Diego's. Very famous Balboa Park surfcraft at the Menge Museum. I'm going to read a little bit about it. I'm going tomorrow to check it out. I haven't seen it yet. I'm going down there tomorrow to give it a good look. And what's neat about it is they had an opening night reception and it was packed. And I don't think I had family stuff, but if I went down there, I think I would have been too caught up in talking with people to enjoy the exhibit. So I get to go down tomorrow. There probably won't be anybody in there, it'll be me and my buddy. And, you know, maybe one or two other people, right? Um, mm-hmm. Middle of the week, middle of the day. It'll be a great time to really soak in this, this exhibit curated by uh, Kenvin. Um, it's a unique surfboard exhibition exploring board design from a previously unexamined perspective in the context of Sotsu Yangi's Menge philosophy of the importance of craft, through this lens, the exhibition will capture the influences behind American design in board riding, from the Alaya boards of ancient Hawaii to obscure surf bathing boards of England, Japan, and Africa to post-war hydrodynamic planing halls of Southern California. Innovative board shapers and surfers of the past and present will be highlighted, including legendary surfer Bob Simmons and renowned San Diegan Carl Ekstrom. So that's straight from their website, and I put a link on my Facebook page to it. But if you get a chance, David, you got to come down and check this out. Um, it's, you should come down and just take a, a walk around Balboa Park, and in so doing, you'll have time to check out Surfcraft at the Menge Museum. And I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, I've talked to Ekstrom and Kenvin quite a bit about that, um, helped them acquire some some boards that were going to be on display there. It sounds amazing. And Kenvin, he's such, um, I don't know, an astute student, I guess, of board design. And he keeps like really meticulous records and um, has a great understanding for the history of board design. And so I think this is a perfect platform for him to kind of showcase all of that knowledge that he has. Yeah, no, for sure. And they're
2: going to do a book. Like, I think it's going to be um, like a coffee table book. That's going to okay. be it might be out already, I'm not sure. Um, if it is, I'll probably pick it up tomorrow. Um, okay. but Richard's a great writer and uh,
0: right. I look forward yeah, to it. Yeah, he's written a lot in the surfer's journal and stuff, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. Is it is does their website have any imagery of the boards that are on display?
2: Yeah, it does. Okay.
0: Yeah. Cool.
2: If you google Surfcraft the Menge, which is M I N G E I you will uh, it'll be the top result that comes up and there'll be images there.:
0: Or they can just go to surfsplendorpodcast.com or downthelineradio.com.
2: That's yeah, right, downthelineradio.com. The right. I have That's to right. check my email. I haven't even checked my down- the-line radio email in like three weeks, and
0: All right, well, don't do it while we're on the air. <laughs> Why not? Because <laughs> <laughs> it makes for bad pod, man. It does, huh it's horrible pod. <laughs> uh do you have duke kook and must moment and all that kind of stuff
2: um you know i guess my Musty moment would be the ricardo dos santos video of uh, the one nice the one epic day there last week at can do left it's on Surfline. Uh, nice. pretty mind-blowing
0: nice
2: and my kook i even told no my duke i told that 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 um pretty young girl that she would be my Duke Kahanamoku, but I I'm so embarrassed I can't remember her name and I apologize.
0: Is, is her name is her name Blair.
2: Yeah, it is Blair.
0: Yeah, Blair.
2: Blair, she's my she's my Duke Kahanamoku for making my night um, paddling up to me at sunset and saying, Hey, I love the show.
0: I listen to it all the time. You want to hear a funny story about Blair? Uh yeah. Uh so Blair's a regular listener of the show and um I spend a lot of time doing, like, um, well, let me backtrack, actually. I originally met Blair, I don't know, a few years ago, three or four years ago, because I sold her a surfboard on Craigslist, if you can believe that. I just had, like, this this board that I had gotten at a garage sale for 20 bucks or something, wrote it for a couple of years every once in a while, and then just resold it for 20 bucks on Craigslist, and she shows up to buy it, and I'm like, oh, so we're chatting a bit, and then subsequently, I've seen her in the water a number of times and just around at different things. Um, but she's been a great supporter of the show because she, she was a fan of just podcasts, the podcast format in general. So once we, we started doing this show together, she was a listener right away because she you know, loves podcasting and probably didn't have very many surf podcasts to listen to previously. So she's been a supporter all along and she's active on social media with the show. So definitely shout out to Blair. Great to have her on board. Yeah, for sure. It was a
2: stoker to to meet her and we had a great little chat in the lineup. It was cool.
0: Very cool. Do you have a kook? Um
2: No, thank goodness I don't I don't really have a a, a kook. You know, everyone's everyone's a duke in my world right now. I do have an email I could read. Okay. Go for it.
0: So you did open your email while we were talking. I did. This comes from a
2: long-time listener of my show, uh, Clem Smith. He says, Bassey, loving the show, love the length. It keeps me sane as I drive down to Southern California. Hopefully I'll bump into you in North County later this week. Here's some feedback while I try and keep it on the road. On June 4th, Clem, he says, I completely agree with the failure of the women. It's funny because Dusty Payne took a bunch of heat because of his comments made regarding girls surfing in Modern collectives, specifically saying how they just wait until it gets down to one foot to do their tail slides in reference to a Nike boat trip back in a back back of waves. Maybe not very tactful, but still Dusty Payne was pointing out the obvious. If women surfers want to change the why in the fact Alana is the highest paid woman, then you're right. Get a six-six and put your money where your mouth is. Easy for me to save from my armchair. Yeah. yeah. He goes on to talk about the commentators. He says that he does miss the color guys brought in by the each specific brand last year, like Dave Wassel and Shane Dorian. And it would be nice yeah. to get those guys back into the rotation somehow. And I guess Aki was there at Bells, but needs to be broken up a bit, even just for Rotating the main guys around while it's always Terpelle and Potts together. Why is it always Terpelle and Potts together? So he's suggesting moving Terp, uh, Joe Terpelle with um, you know one of the other guys and having Potts sit in with Kleine or whoever.
0: Yeah, Ross Williams always gets partnered up with um, uh, God, the guy that I Pat Parnell.
2: Yeah, Parnell, yeah. yeah. I think Pat They're Parnell's Parnell. the one guy that um the feedback that I read online is that he might be the one guy that um that I think I, I hear a lot of chatter about maybe they could get somebody better than Pat Parnell. That's kind of what I hear out there.
0: Well, un universally
2: I think Pat's a pretty professional guy, you know. Um but I think even you said that you're sick of hearing him say the same thing over and over and over
0: yeah i i mean he's professional but he's just uh seems like he doesn't know surfing you know and the thing that i said in our last show was he uses the phrase sends it off the top like for everything you know everything anybody does sends it off the top and then i cut together a little short instagram clip of him saying that just in one heat you know and it's like 15 times in one heat he's saying sends it off the top so um, it's funny, but it's super annoying. When you're watching eight hours a day, three days straight of a contest, those things get very annoying. So Well, I think that speaks
2: to the problem here, and we always talk about this. Look, when you watch a football game or a basketball game or a hockey game or a soccer game, for that matter now, since we're in the World Cup mode, look, those broadcasters only have two hours to fill. Yeah. And yeah. these guys have 8 hours plus every single day for 4 days straight. Maybe, you know, it's a lot of work. I mean, it is a grind. And you know what? You're going to get you're going to get sick of listening to, the, you know, Pavarotti. If you have to hear Pavarotti for 8 hours, you know, some of the best speakers and singers in the world, you're just going to get sick of them. And so it's easy to get sick of whoever and in this case Pat Parnell rubs you the wrong way. And I'm sure that there's other people that don't like you know, Pots or don't like Kleine or don't like Joe Trappel or whoever, you know. It's just, it's the nature of the beast is that we're, you know, and I was thinking about this today. Look, a long time ago, I thought the ASP should have a salty button where you can click on the button on the webcast. And instead of listening to the broadcasters, you can listen to guys like me or you or some guy from Australia or anybody who wants to just chime in. And you could have like four or five salty commentators down at the bottom and you could just kind of randomly select them and hear what they're saying about the commentator about what's happening
0: yeah and it could be pretty good and it gives you
2: the opportunity to get away from Pat Parnell for a little while and listen to Joe Blow Joe Sixpack sitting in his armchair commenting on what he's seeing and you know you you get what you get you know 9 out of 10 of them are gonna be horrible there might be some moments where there's some good ones and there might be some real professional guys that step up and do a really good job And so I think that would be really neat technology. I also think that when they're breaking away um, to footage, like when there's downtime, I think that they could offer us the option of, you know, like you can click on the cloud break, an overview of the cloud break reef and how the wave works. You could click on that or you could click on Strider and Todd Klein talking about Kelly versus whoever. Or yeah, you could yeah. click on. So I'm saying, it wouldn't it be neat if they offered us options to click on during um, either downtime or um, the build up to the to the start of the first heat, something like that? Where, whereas users, we're, we we have options. We're not just stuck with, okay, here's the opening of the show, here's and now here's the show, and here's what you get from the broadcasters. You know, like give us some options for broadcasting give us some options for what we see during downtime that's my take
0: that's a great idea because all that interstitial stuff they they do play when they think there's going to be downtime but inevitably a wave comes and we end up missing that wave and they got to show it on a replay when we get back but yeah if they just made it available for us to click on when we wanted and it could pop up in a separate window that'd be really cool it's a great idea i think that what you're saying about some commentators we like and some we don't, uh, it's all, that's all very true. And I think that what else you're saying about it, uni- it seems to be that universally people agree that Pat Parnell isn't a great fit. My question isn't whether or not it's you're able to do it for eight hours because, uh, I mean, some people are better at it than others, but the reality is there are better options than Pat Parnell, ronnie blakey we got a taste of in fiji
2: i would i, I let me chime in there if i may because yeah. i think ronnie blakey's probably the best guy out there i don't think there's anybody better i think you and i spoke about this last time perhaps we did but yeah, yeah. okay well i don't mean to rehash it but ronnie blakey is the should be their main guy he is cool. uh, he is by far and away the, the best guy they have as a setup guy not the color commentary guy but the Pat Parnell, the Joe Terpel, Ronnie Blakey should be their number one guy.
0: Yeah, and we've seen Sean Doherty in the past. We've seen, I mean, even Ross Williams now is great. And it's like, so I get get it's a tough job and we're going to get annoyed with anybody, but the reality is there's better people at the job than what we're currently uh, working with. So I don't know. Um, They'll sort all that out. Obviously they're still learning, so it's all good. Um, so I've got a kook, duke, and a must-see moment for you. All right. My kook is something that I've just personally noticed to do with the GoPro cameras. Um, you ever noticed it's either the top-level pros using GoPros or the absolute bottom-level Barneys that are using the GoPros and almost nobody in between? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's either... It's either footage of a guy getting run over at a mushy beach break somewhere, you know, or footage of Josh Kerr getting spit out at the box, but there's nobody in between. And even when I'm surfing locally, you see a guy with a GoPro and you're like, oh, well, that guy's a kook. I can get any wave I want if he paddles out next to me, you know, but there's never just run of the mill guy like you or me with a GoPro.
2: Yeah, I think you're right. That's a good, that's some. Good insight. You're right about. That.
0: I think I think there's there's probably more things like that with pro surfing. It it could be a new segment called pros pro or Barney. You know, it's only those two ends of the spectrum that do it. Yeah. But um, uh, but there is GoPro footage that just hit this week of somebody getting smoked. Um, uh, by he's paddling out and there's a longboarder that runs right into him. So I'll post that as my kook of the week. Um, uh, and then my Duke is. Undeniably, Kelly Slater for his uh, his performance this winter in that movie that I discussed on Surfline, and in particular the wave that he the wave of the winter that he won for. I think it was in January. It's a left at Pipeline that he free fall no hand um, free falls into the barrel, but then doesn't even grab the rail. Just kind of no hands it through the barrel and gets blown out with the spit, like almost in an ollie. Real weightless, kind of out of the barrel, and then lands, and he's surprised. There's an angle from the beach of the wave, and then there's a water angle of the wave, and it's just an incredible ride that he deserved to win for. So he's my Duke for you that know, whole. You know, you know, it's an amazing
2: wave thing. of the winner that that didn't get any plays. Um, you know, Kelly Slater got a ten going left at Sunset Beach. <laughs> that oh, is, I know that is just mind blowing. That that speaks. If you want to. You know, crystallize why Kelly Slater is mind-blowing. You know, try to name anybody else who's who's received a ten going left Mm -hmm. at Sunset Beach. I think Andy Irons did it too. I think those are the only two guys.
0: Yeah, and that factored into him winning that performance of the winter. You know, that was part of that. So yeah, he's totally deserving, and he's my Duke uh, for this week. And then my must-see moment. Talking about tons of great surf video content out there right now. A good friend of mine from Huntington Beach, Derek Peters, just dropped a video yesterday. And it's up on Stab Mag. It's going to be on Surfline in the next day or so. It's up on all the websites. But I will post it on surfsplendorpodcast.com. Derek Peters surfing around California. He gets a couple epic days at lesser known um, thumping shore break, beach breaks here near Huntington. And then he gets a really good day at Black's Beach. And, uh, I mean, it's all footage from California, but it looks like it's, you know, like destination A-plus surf that you would travel to. And Derek is ripping. And he's without a sponsor for the last year. But, I mean, he's one of the best surfers in California. Sponsorless. 20, 20 years old, 21 years old. So definitely check out Derek Peters' new edit.
2: Cool. And um, if I could get the last word here... Um tomorrow night is the uh, kickoff barbecue for the 100 wave challenge. Sean Thompson will be down at bird surf shed with about 200 of us as we, um, enjoy free food and beverage and, um, and just kind of like get fired up for the big event in September, the 100 wave challenge. We're raising money for the boys to men mentoring program here in San Diego, which is in 13 San Diego middle schools and high schools. And, um, And I'm really looking forward to um, helping the community out through this 100 Wave Challenge and raising money for the Boys to Men Mentoring Program. And David, I've asked you to be a part of this, and I'm hoping to get an affirmative from you um, in September to be a part of and to help us raise money for
0: the 100
2: Wave Challenge. So I'm putting you on the spot.
0: All right. Sounds good, man. I'm up for it. You
2: have an affirmative. Do you want to come down tomorrow and, and, and have some free food and stuff? I don't think that's practical for tomorrow, but, um, but yeah, I'll be involved for sure. All right. You're going to catch a hundred ways right next to me. You're going to get to sure. cut me off, dude. You can cut me off a hundred times.
0: Cannot wait. <laughs> <laughs> hey, in fact, let's not wait. We can go surfing tomorrow and I'll take advantage of that. <laughs> All right. Well,
2: downline radio.com is my website and you can reach me, um, Email is surftalksandiego at gmail.com and my Instagram is at boardroom show and my Twitter is at boardroom surf.
0: Yep. And then David, myself is at um, surfsplendorpodcast.com and then on social media, you could just surf or search surf splendor, find us there. It's a great way to interact with the show, you know, continue this conversation as we like to say. Cool. All right. Well, until next time, adios and, um, aloha. All right. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Scott Bass for co-hosting. And if you're new to Surf Splendor and you enjoyed the show, all that we ask is that you share the show with a friend. All past episodes are archived for free. We don't charge anything. But one way that you can invest in the show is just to share it. The more people that are listening, the more shows we will be able to produce and the more guests we will be able to attract. So please do your part by sharing the show. It's easy enough to do via social media. Um, Just search at Surf Splendor and then share it from there, you know. And if you're listening in iTunes or Stitcher, just make sure to rate and review the show. And lastly, I've updated the music archive on our website with a Spotify player. So if you have any questions or were curious about any songs that you've heard in any episode of Surf Splendor, everything is archived on surfsplendorpodcast.com click the music tab, and then you can listen right there on that page to every song from every episode. All right, so enjoy that. Feel free to leave comments on the website as well and engage in the show that way. Share your opinion about the things that we have discussed. And we appreciate your engagement and you listening. So until next time, this is your host, David Scales, saying thank you for listening and aloha. We run